What more can one say? This is game seven. Welcome back to episode 10 of the Little Hockey Podcast and our second playoff edition episode. Uh, there is a lot happening. Every single series could have ended on Friday, August, what was that, the 7th, and all but one of them did. So we have a lot of content to cover in a very short amount of time. So as always, please remember to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Little Hockey Pod. And Jordan, we got to just get right into this because there's a lot to talk about here. So let's go over the, uh, the, the play-in rounds that have officially ended. We'll start off at the top, and we'll start off in the east. How did you feel about the Pittsburgh-Montreal series? Uh, to me, it looked like Pittsburgh just didn't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they didn't give a shit. I don't like it. It didn't really seem like they were pushing all that hard, especially in that elimination game on Friday. They just they didn't put up much of a fight, really. Um, they got outshot by Montreal. What was the final score? Three one, I think. In that final game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was three to one. Yeah, like a team with Crosby and Malkin on it has got to put up. Uh, put up more goals than that. And it's, you know, it, it, it's tough to believe that that Montreal team was able to shut them down that way. And I don't think that it was all Carey Price's doing either. Um, Last game was two, nothing. Oh, two, nothing. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's even worse. They got shut out in an elimination game like shit. It also took them the game four to start Tristan Jari and he only let in one goal. Yeah. The second goal was an empty netter. Like starting Matt Murray was the first mistake Pittsburgh made in that series. I don't think he played terribly. He just didn't play well enough. Well, he didn't play as well as Tristan Jari would have. Or poten- yeah, potentially could have. Yeah. So it kind of seems like it may have spelled the end of Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. Um, but but yeah, that's you know you you said it um, last week, I guess the week before, whenever we were doing our our uh, playoff or our qualifying round picks, um, like unexpected things are going to happen. These were only five game series. And in a shorter series, it's a lot easier for uh, an underdog team to upset one of the higher seeds. And that's what happened quite a bit in these, in these uh, qualifying rounds. Yeah. And let's be honest too. You got to think that Weber and price were just motivated to try and get one more good run in before Montreal finishes this retool rebuild, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, potentially, they're... and and that uh, that good run they have going is uh, it's probably going to come to a screeching halt when they hit that freaking locomotive that is the Fly- uh, Philadelphia Flyers this week. Like, holy smokes! I told you, man, they're good. Yeah, they look great. It, it to me, it looks like the Flyers are the team in 
the the well I, we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves here but i'll, I'll just do it uh, the flyers <laughs> in the seeding round in the east they looked like they were the only team taking it seriously everyone else was just kind of there because they had to be it, it's tough because uh tampa bay is kind of banged up uh stamkos didn't play uh, Tampa's always banged up. You yeah. can't use that as an excuse. Every playoff team is always banged up. Well, they were particularly banged up, especially when you look at all of the other teams. A lot of other teams were pretty healthy coming into this. Um, Tampa didn't have one of their top forwards. And then last night, potentially lost their best defenseman, uh, Victor Hedman. He had to leave the game with like a suspected ankle injury or something. So, And then Boston looks like they don't give a shit at all. Like they... They look like they're totally over it, and they were just uh, kind of waiting for the first round. Yeah, but now they're going to be up against Carolina, and how do they just flip that switch to going from not giving a shit to like, oh, okay, now we have to play potentially the the best or second best playing team in the Eastern Conference now. Yeah, and oh, (laughs) by the way, uh, so how wrong were we about the Rangers Carolina series? Holy smokes! Well, like, yeah, I, I was kind of. Like a lot of people that picked the Rangers, I, I was basing it off of Carolina hasn't beaten the New York Rangers in like two years. Yeah. Oh, it seemed like the Rangers really had Carolina's number, but holy smokes. That that team, like depending on how things go tonight on Sunday, like, uh, you know, first thing Monday morning, this could uh, officially be a Carolina Hurricanes podcast. <laughs> yeah, tr- if Toronto loses out, we're just jumping on that bandwagon. And yeah, speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, they're uh, very good friends of ours now, and they I'm sure they're listening to this show right now, so shout out to uh, Carolina Hurricanes and uh, their, their Twitter account for giving us a follow this week. Ah, thanks, Hurricanes, you bunch of jerks, and uh-huh. uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys in the first round and hopefully beyond. Yeah. Well, Carolina, well, send, Carolina, send us some of those shirts. Honestly, yeah, if you want to send <laughs> us a bunch of jerk shirts, I'll mm. take it. Or if you want to send Jordan a James Reimer or Jake Gardner shirt so that there's at least one X-Leaf that he can cheer for. Uh, oh, and I'll take a Ryan Dezingle jersey. Yeah, he's sure. He's on there too. Yeah, you're going to play just as many playoff games as he will this year. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so yeah, we, we were super wrong about Carolina. Like, holy shit, do they look amazing. They, they like I said, I think they could be up there with Philly or uh, – like if you want to throw in one of the other top four teams or, or somebody else, like Carolina's probably one of the top three teams in the East right now, just, just solely based on how they played in that qualifying round. Cause they were, they looked unstoppable. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the top four playing teams weren't taking this seriously enough and Philly kind of used this as an opportunity to get on their game and built up some momentum. Yeah. Cause now like, like Philly didn't just play well, like they dominated the other three East top four teams. Like they, they won every single one of their games and they won it very convincingly. Yeah. They, they beat Tampa yesterday, like four one. And they did something similar to Boston as well. Like they're just. Oh shit. Yeah. So the flyers played three games. Again, all against teams that were ranked higher that finished higher than them in the regular season. Uh, 11 goals for three against. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Like they they played against the best team in the league in the regular season, the Bruins, and the Washington Capitals with Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Nicholas, Nicholas Backstrom, Backstrom, John Oshie. 
John Carlson. Potential, yeah, potential Norris winning defenseman, John Carlson. And then the perennial juggernaut Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and they allowed three goals combined against those teams. Like, that's yeah. nuts. The, the Flyers, the Flyers are sneaky good. They're, well, not anymore, I guess. They're yeah. very obviously extremely good. So it's, uh, yeah, like I said, Montreal is going to get squished like a bug on a windshield when they play against the Flyers in this first round of the playoffs. I want to, uh, I'm just pulling it up right now. I want to read you Carter Hart's save percentages. So against Boston, he was a 971. Yeah, probably let in one goal. He let in one goal. He yeah. Philly beat Boston 4-1, Tampa 4-1, and Washington 3-1. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Against Tampa, Carter Hart had a 958. And then the Washington game, he wasn't even in net. It was Brian Elliott. Oh, wow. Okay. And Washington only got 17 shots on him. Yeah. So, again, that could be those other teams not taking it as seriously as the Flyers did. It could be the Flyers just, you know, being shot out of a cannon when the other teams were just kind of using the games as tune-ups. But, uh yeah, how, however you want to look at it, like the, the Flyers dominated three of the best teams in the league. <laughs> Man, the, yeah. what do you think? Philly-Carolina conference finals? Uh, yeah, there's a good chance of that. But we, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Islanders over Florida. Uh, that one is about as how everyone expected. Yeah, like, let's be honest. Yeah, that is, uh, that is a series that both of us got correct on our, yeah. in our predictions. And uh yeah, how many seconds of this series did you watch? Because mine was uh, like really close to zero. <laughs> I uh, I watched the last two periods of game one, and that was it. Yeah. I kept like whenever they were playing, I'd be checking like my hockey apps and everything, keeping up to date. But I was not watching those snooze fests of a game. No, like the style that the Islanders play, while as effective as it is does not make for exciting hockey and yeah florida just not being a very strong team yeah it it wasn't interesting at all to me so i will fully admit that i that's that's probably the series that i watched the least of over uh over well actually potentially minnesota vancouver too i'll say that because uh, all those games were late at night and uh, i have to work early so i'm not staying up till past midnight for the minnesota wild and vancouver canucks sorry folks yeah, we'll get to that one in just a second, but I just I did not watch a single second of most of the Western ones. But like for the Islanders, you know who really showed up for them? Jimmy Pajot. Well, Pajot, yes. Yeah, uh, he he scored a handful of goals, I think. He got three goals in four games. Yeah. Anthony Beauvillier got five points in four games oh, on nice. a team that's known for not a lot of offense. So that's really good. Also, did you know that the Islanders won that final game 5-1? Yeah, I did. I uh, I had it on in the background while I was working the other day, and yeah, I, I wasn't really paying attention. It was just every time like I, I kind of realized, oh, that game is on. Like, what's happening? It would be an Islanders goal that was scored. So yeah, it just gave me more reason to not pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fair. Uh, what about the uh, Edmonton-Chicago series? You got that one wrong. I am a big brain genius and picked the right team. 
you picked it for the sake of having something different and don't say you did any you did it for any other reason i picked it because i am a big brain genius um (laughs) (laughs) you got lucky yeah like i did not get i didn't get lucky i like i said in that episode that was the series i was going back and forth on the most um i i just thought that the oilers were fragile and beyond mcdavid and drysidle they didn't have anything and that's exactly what happened. Well, uh, it, Nuge, Nuge had a really good series. Sure, but he had eight. He had eight points. In I games. I saw something um, earlier today about all situations goals in that uh, series. Sorry, I'm trying to type and talk at the same time, and I, my brain doesn't work that way. Yeah, well, I got a couple of things to sure. say. Oh, no, um, here, here we go. Okay. Oh, from, okay. I, uh, guess I don't have a couple things to say. From Ryan Lambert on Twitter. Uh, a fun fact, Connor McDavid was on the ice for 11 of the Oilers' 15 goals in the series. Uh, when he was yeah. off the ice, they were outscored 11-4. to 4. So, yeah, does anyone want to take a crack at how, you're, uh, how you fix what's obviously wrong with the Oilers? Is what he tweeted out. So it's... Sorry, uh, Edmonton Media, it's, it's not McDavid's fault that the Oilers keep losing. It's uh, the shitty team your GMs keep building. Yeah, I like there's, there's absolutely nothing anyone can say about Connor McDavid. Like he, let's see now, first game, he got a goal and two and assists. Second game, he got a hat trick. Third game, he got a goal. Last game, he got two assists. He got one, two, three, four, five, six. He got nine points. Nine points in four games. He that, he has the most that, points in the qualifying round. That man did everything he could. Yeah. Whenever he was on the ice, you were winning the hockey game. It's just he's off the ice more than he's on the ice. Yeah, that's just the reality of hockey is that the best forwards in the league are on the ice for a third of the game. You need guys who could – they don't necessarily need to win you the games when they're on for that, those other two thirds. No, the game. but they, they but need they, to be a lot they can't closer. Lose it for you. Yeah, they need to be a lot closer to uh, like 50 50 in the, the uh, goal share than being outscored 11 to 4 over four games. Like, you're, you're not going to win ever if when your best player is off the ice, you're just getting caved in. You need to at least like break even. In order to go anywhere, you need at least two lines. Yeah, you you need at least a second line that can hold the other team back, and the Oilers don't have that. And then yeah, well, they, their second they're, they're, line is Drysital, Yamamoto, and like Drysital. Drysital plays more with McDavid than he does away from McDavid. Not in this series. In this no? series, the top line was uh, McDavid. I think it was McDavid, Cassie, and Nuge. Yeah, like that's the other thing. Why the fuck Edmonton has that has Zach Cassian on the first line? Like why he's above anything than a fourth liner is beyond me. Like well, he, he scored 15 goals this year. Yeah, yeah sure, because McDavid's bouncing. McDavid. Yeah, McDavid's bouncing them off his ass and in. Like, yeah, I would score 15 goals a season with Connor McDavid on my line. And like, honestly, after playing hockey twice this week, I can barely skate. So, jeez. <laughs> Like, let's not forget Connor McDavid made Patrick Maroon a 30-goal scorer. Yeah. It... 
Yeah, so there's a lot of things wrong with Edmonton, and uh, exactly zero of them have anything to do with Connor McDavid. Yeah. Um, Nashville and Arizona. Okay, so Darcy Kemper's the best goalie in the league, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when we were making our predictions, we were like, all right, so in order for Arizona to win, they've got to get, uh, like, Taylor Hall has to, like, find his groove in Arizona. Uh, Phil Kessel has to be playoff Phil Kessel. And uh, Darcy Kemper needs to be, like, spectacular and we both said like oh that's too many things that have to go right for arizona and uh nashville has to have a whole bunch more things go wrong in order to lose it and it seems like all of those things happened uh you want to hear something interesting what's that so here's darcy kemper's stats through the four games against nashville game one he lets in three goals on 43 shots 930 save percentage okay uh, I'm going to skip ahead. The third game, he let in one goal on 40 shots, a 975 save percentage. In the last game, he let in three goals on 52 shots, 942 save percentage. All right, so, uh, so what's the over-under on um, Colorado's shots on net in, <laughs> well, the, in, in game one of the first round of the playoffs? I'm going to say... I'm going to set it at uh, 55.5. Do you think they're going to get more or less shots than that, Keeps? I think they're going to average around 45. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think, yeah, Arizona's going to tighten up a bit defensively, but, like, if, if they're allowing, like, an average of, like, 35 to 40 shots a game against Nashville, they may never touch the puck against Colorado. <laughs> the three games Arizona won, they let – 135 shots get past them onto Darcy Kemper in three games that they won. Yeah. Like Darcy Kemper's the best goalie in the league right now. You you've got to like do a bit more digging though, into where those shots came from, because if Arizona's keeping uh, the predators off onto the boards and those shots are coming from, you know, the, the, uh, the perimeter, they're a lot less dangerous than the kinds of shots that, uh, really high-end talented team like Colorado can get. Um, so, yeah. You, it's a little easier to stop Matt Duchesne than Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, like Nathan McKinnon is unstoppable, I think. He's like he's the second-best player in the league. probably the second-best player in the league. You're right. Um, Vancouver, Minnesota. You you picked Vancouver in this. Hold on. I hold picked, up, hold, oh, hold okay. up. Hold you want to hold up? It's just just a, my the point I wanted to make about Kemper. I think he's a little bit like Cujo. Oh, he needs a ton of shots. Because the game yeah. they lost, guess how many shots he faced against? He uh, got shot. 28. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> he let in four goals. Wow, okay. That was the least amount of shots he faced and the most goals he let in. 857 save percentage. So, yeah, maybe – yeah, it's tough. Like you, you've got to see like a heat map of shots of shot yep. locations in order to figure out what's going on. But that could be an off game for him. That could be Nashville just being more precise with the shots they were taking. Just the the one they had fewer shots on net, but the ones they did get were more dangerous. Maybe they had more power play opportunities. Um, maybe a lot of them were deflections. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the other games, maybe Arizona was keeping them out of that home plate area. And then Nashville is just kind of throwing the puck on net to try to make things happen. 
maybe. Yeah, but just the the numbers as they are, they sure look like uh, Nashville was dominating and deserved to win, and just got uh, yeah got shut down by a hot goalie. Which again, in, in a short series, that's going to be more likely to happen. So uh, Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel both got four points in this series each. Yeah, the point per game. It's something. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Vancouver, oh. Minnesota. I did not watch a single second of this series, but yeah. hey, Vancouver won. Yeah, so Vancouver cool. won. Great for them. Um, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like, okay, and move on. Yeah, uh, yeah from, just... from what I've heard, like Quinn Hughes is unreal. Um, Markstrom <laughs> played really, really well. Uh, yeah, Quinn Hughes got six you, points. Yeah, you know, like I, I was a little bit higher on the Minnesota Wild than I guess I should have been because – yeah, they they didn't really do a whole lot with uh, that series, by the sounds of it. I'm trying. I'm just looking at them right now, and I'm trying to see how many points did Kevin Fiala get. Yeah, everyone was talking about him a lot, which is funny because after um, oh, I can't remember their last GM's name now. The, the guy, guy who was the, the guy, guy who, who traded for him. Yeah, the guy that traded for him and got and got fired last summer after like eleven or twelve months on the job. Yeah, I think it was 11 because he didn't last a full year. Paul Fenton? Paul Fenton, that's right. Yeah, Fenton was crazy about Fiala and gave up a shit ton for him. Yeah. And then Fiala got into Minnesota, and I don't think he really performed all that well. Well, he did this year. He got 54 points in 64 games. He was one of the hottest players going into the break. And in this series against Vancouver, he got three goals and an assist. Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like he was the only only guy going for uh, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Well, they got a Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov in, that Russian guy that everyone thinks is going to be. I didn't think he no, played, though. He didn't play. No, he, he was just play. on the roster with the team. He, he wasn't eligible to play. He was just here and on the roster to burn a year of his uh, entry-level contract. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But also, uh, name, <laughs> name three Minnesota defensemen. Oh, Ryan Suter. Yes. Uh, and oh, Matt Dumba. Yep. Yeah. Uh, end of list. They only have two. It's a trick <laughs> question. <laughs> well, they they've got got they've got decent like middle pairing defensemen. Like I want to um, say Jared Spurgeon. He's still with that. Spurgeon. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jonas Brodin isn't bad. Yeah, that's right. Like he's not going to put up thirty points or anything. I say as he got twenty eight points this year, so maybe <laughs> he would have. I don't fucking know. But he's more so known for his two way game and his shutdown. Brodin is. Like, yeah, I'm just looking at his stats, and he's never broken 30 points. He's only broken the 20 point. This was the third time in his career. He had a career year this year. But, like, again, I'm not too surprised. I didn't watch that series because I didn't think it would be close, and it wasn't. Like, Vancouver just was the better team and showed it every single game. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't watch it because it was past my bedtime every time they started. So (laughs) That's true. But uh, Vancouver, I think, could do a little more damage than people give them credit for. I think oh, they could make the second round. It, it, it depends on who they play. And, and that'll be determined by the uh, St. Louis-Dallas game that's, uh, I think, starting being played up. In right our, now. Oh, it's being played right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's so starting right now. Vancouver plays the winner of that game. Uh, and both of those teams are winless in the seeding round right now. Vancouver, shouldn't Vancouver play the loser of that game? No, Vancouver is higher seeded than Calgary. Yeah, so why would they play the better team? 
yeah, no shit, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> Vancouver plays the the loser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, Calgary, Winnipeg. What? Okay. As soon as Mark Shifley went down, I lost all expectations for Winnipeg. And when it was said that Line was hurt as well, I basically just threw in the towel and stopped watching this. Yeah, exactly. Um, it. Uh, you know that that's the kind of thing that you can't really predict that a team's best center and their top scorer are going to be injured in the first game of the series, right? Two of their three best players. Yeah. Like imagine mm-hmm. imagine Toronto losing Marner and Matthews. Yeah. Dude, it, it would be really rough. And yeah, Winnipeg doesn't necessarily have the other like offensive horses to carry them through like Toronto. Winnipeg doesn't have a John Tavares or a William Nylander. You're they've right. Got, they they, they've got Blake Wheeler and Kyle Connor who are like pretty friggin' good. Say, they only have forty goal scorer Kyle Connor. Yeah. All right, yeah, maybe Winnipeg is closer to, the, to and point uh, per, ha- point having game, that backup than I thought that they did. Consistent 90-point player, Blake Wheeler, yeah. and, you know, consistent 60-point player, Nikolai Ehlers. No, yeah, I, I, all right, I retracted. <laughs> Win- Winnipeg is, like, if Kyle Connor is your third-string offensive player and he gets 40 goals, yeah, you're pretty set. It, yeah, it was just uh, – just their their defense that did them in, and then losing, yeah, two like you said, two of their top three forwards is uh, is not something that is easy to come back from. Again, especially in a short series like a best of five. Yeah, and I don't. What happened to Hellbuck? Like he was he was the league's best goalie in the season. I yeah, just, I th- the the layoff just didn't do anything for him. Well, I and think it, all the momentum didn't... he I think all the momentum he was building for his team with his play. Just with the with the layoff, just gone. Any oh. momentum any team had, like I was still thinking the Rangers were on their huge heater when they were coming into this series, and I didn't realize. Oh yeah, Carolina got Botnin and Trocheck because they were riddled with injuries, and now they're getting those guys plus all their injured guys back, minus Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, Dougie you Hamilton's know. still out right now, but could be Jacob Slate. Jacob Slavin, perennial nor snub, was yeah. <laughs> was Jacob Slavin. He was the best defensive defenseman in the league. And I didn't realize how valid the hype was around him until I started watching that series. He is the best defensive defenseman in this league because he can move the puck and he can skate, but yeah. you are not getting past him. Him and Dougie Hamilton might very well be the best defensive pairing in this league. Yeah, in all likelihood, they probably are, and it it sucks that Carolina doesn't get the uh, the due that they're owed for their their players. And you know, I say that as being one of the one of the people that doesn't give them their due. But uh, I guess we'll see come tomorrow because we could be uh, Hurricanes fans Monday morning. Man, I am fine jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah, like absolutely, I have no no issues with that. Carolina has. Carolina's not one of those teams that I think I don't think anyone hates Carolina. Oh, uh, well. They're just they're too small of a market for people to hate them. Well, you, you say that, but then we also mentioned their uh, bunch of jerks shirts earlier. So there are some uh, old white dudes that sure don't like them. Yeah. But <laughs> old uh, white millionaires don't yeah. really like these guys. All right, so the playoffs. We've kind of hinted at some of the matchups already. Uh Philly finished first in the uh Eastern Conference seeding round, so they're going to play against Montreal. Oh, and yeah, um, our Instagram stuff that we did after our seeding or after our predictions episode, 
like holy shit like i could not find anywhere verification of what the actual playoff format was going to be after all of this stuff was done uh so i was going based off of the um return to play um announcement from like may or early june or something when they said that um like the the winner of the Toronto Columbus series was going to win the first or was going to play against the um, first ranked team and stuff. So yeah, I, I there I couldn't I never heard an official announcement about them reseeding after the qualifiers. I kept hearing that the uh, like the actual playoffs were going to be reseeded each round, but the uh, the qualifying rounds I never heard anything about that. So that's that's why our our Instagram posts got messed up for you know both people that probably saw them. Yeah, you and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <exactly. laughs> so yeah, so the first place Philly plays twelfth uh, place Montreal. Uh, second place Tampa plays the winner of Toronto Columbus. Third place Washington plays the Islanders, who are seventh, and then Boston fourth place and President's Trophy winners um, play Carolina, who is sixth place, and that like. Do, do you have any um, just initial predictions about who you think will win each series here? I mean, I want to say Philly beats Montreal, but I just – you know what? No, I don't care how much momentum Montreal just just made with this friggin' uh, manhandling of Pittsburgh. Philly Philly's a completely different level than Pittsburgh was. Pittsburgh seemed like they didn't have their groove. They seemed like they were just completely out of it from the start. Philly right now, they look like, as we said earlier, the best team in the East, maybe even the best team in the league. They took the seeding round and the seeding games as an opportunity to find their game, build the momentum, and now they're just going to bring that into the first round and steamroll whoever dares to get in their way. I'm going to say Philly, and I'm going to say they do it in five. Oh, you're giving Montreal a lot of, uh, a lot of credit here. Um, if Carey Price proved anything, he can steal a game in the playoffs. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think Philly is going to – you used the right word earlier. Philly's a lot more relentless than Pittsburgh was in that uh, qualifying round. If I could, I would say Philly in three. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a sweep here. Like I I I know I said it last time that Montreal didn't have a shot in hell against Pittsburgh, but after seeing this Philadelphia team play, like Montreal is not even going to be a speed bump for this Flyers team. It's going to be a bug on the windshield. Yeah, it's going to be a nuisance, not a problem. Yeah, not even like one of those big, disgusting, noticeable bugs that hits your windshield, just like a regular old empty mosquito. Gone. Yeah, not even that. <laughs> <laughs> no noise, nothing. Yeah, in uh, in three weeks, we're gonna be like, oh hey, like did Philly get a buy into the second round or something? And then somebody will say, oh yeah, no, they played Montreal, and we'd be like, oh okay, yeah, same thing. <laughs> well, don't forget, people said that about uh, Toronto back in 2017 that they would lose to Washington in three, and then they gave Washington a good run for their money. Yeah, and uh, with the momentum Montreal has built, I wouldn't even be surprised if they win the first game. Yeah. Four games, Philly. Right. Um, Tampa versus Toronto or Columbus. Who like? If they, Toronto they, gets in, it's Tampa and six. If Columbus gets in, Columbus and four. Ooh, okay. I don't know how to write that in our sheet, so I'm <laughs> going to just go right ahead to uh, my prediction. I'm going to say 
here's a spoiler for later in the episode. I think Toronto wins game five tonight. And I think they beat Tampa Bay in that first round. I think they do it in six games. You're saying Toronto? In six? I think Toronto matches up really well against Tampa Bay because they play a similar style. And I think, um, especially with all of Tampa Bay's injuries, I think Toronto has a, uh, a really good shot against them. And also don't forget like the last game before the pause, Toronto beat Tampa Bay and they played really well in that game too. Yeah. I like, like it's something we can get into later, but I really think that that Friday game, uh, game four for the Leafs may have been a turning point for them. Not just turning point. Yeah. Not even just this season, but like mentally as a team, I think now, because so many times in the regular season, you saw them, um, defeated yeah they they'd get down in the game and they just give up and be defeated but that game on friday they showed something that they haven't showed before and uh it it gives me hope which is a terrifying feeling as a leafs fan uh one thing i want to mention about that game so jordan you me Corey, dad uh Corey's girlfriend sarah and mom we were all at Corey's place watching that game mm-hmm. oh and yeah and, and- <laughs> Everybody in the room was so negative about the Leafs the entire game. And you were the only one that kept saying, there's still time. There's still time. And then all of us kept being like, yeah, you know what, Keeks? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're wrong. You, Leafs you're are done. Yeah, you don't know this team like we do. And then you ended up being right about it. And yeah. uh, now Sarah owes you $5,000. Yep. Sarah, Sarah made the mistake. It was 3 nothing Columbus. The, oh, yeah. It was that first period or that first face off that Keith pulled Anderson. And she was like, Keegs, I bet you $5,000 that, that Toronto loses this game. And then she's like, I bet you $10 Leafs don't score a goal. Yeah. And, and then, then they I, proceeded to score four straight and win in overtime. Yeah, they scored three goals in less than four minutes to finish out the third. And then it was pretty late in the overtime that they got the winner, right? Yeah, it wasn't right away. It was closer to the 10-minute mark. But uh, just quickly, as a non-Leafs fan, do you think that game was, like from a comeback perspective, is that more impressive than what Boston did to the Leafs in 2013? How long did Boston take to score their three goals? It was like the last 10 minutes of the game or the last six minutes or something. Then, yes, Toronto's was more impressive. It's, all, it's on par with what Anaheim did to Edmonton in 2017. I think it could even be more impressive than that because Toronto did it against a better team than both of those. Um, you think the Columbus Blue Jackets are better than the McDavid, Taylor Hall, uh, Jordan Eberle... Edmonton Oilers. Uh, all right, fair good. enough. And the Fine. good Cam Talbot. Yeah, Edmonton but, Oilers. Yeah, though that team still couldn't defend though. The Blue Jackets are like a relentless defensive team, and they, they were the third score. best defensive. They were the third best defensive team in the league. Yeah, and then the Leafs scored three goals on them in the last four minutes of the game of an elimination here's, game. Here's like, the thing, I, though. It, it's certainly more impressive than what Boston did to Toronto in 2013 because that Toronto team shouldn't even have been in the playoffs, let alone be in a Game 7 situation with a lead. So, here's, yeah, no, well, you, you, you go ahead, you go ahead. Here's why I think the Anaheim one was more impressive than this one. I thought the Leafs could do it still. I did not think Anaheim would be able to. Yeah, that's fair. Like, Anaheim, again, doesn't have the offensive horses that the Leafs do. So they had to yeah. grit and grind their way to that. So it, yeah, 
yeah, uh, I agree. I think you're right, Ben. Yeah, like, like you were talking about how Columbus might be a better team than Edmonton was. This Toronto team is a significantly better team than what that Anaheim roster was. Yeah. So, was it great? Absolutely. It was fantastic to watch. Um, it made history. Like, we can't deny that. And as a non-Leafs fan, I think something clicked in that team, man. Yeah. Seeing their faces and the reaction when that, when that Matthews goal went in to win it, something clicked. <laughs> that was the, oh, my God, we can do this. Now they, yeah. It just means now they have no more excuse to just give up when they're down, right? Absolutely, yeah. It, they may need some kind of spark. Um, like Jason Spezza getting in a fight? Yeah, that was like a period and a half before that actually happened, though. True. Um, so it, it's, it's tough to credit it to that. Um, I think just Jason Spezza in general is probably a good spark for it because he can sit on the bench and be like, hey, guys, I'm not ending this season this way. I'm not going out here with a whimper. I'm, I will do whatever the hell I have to do. Uh, I'll score three goals on my own if I have to. It seems to be his attitude. Like that like, fourth line in that game was was wicked, and it was in large part because you could just tell Spets is like I like he said a hundred times this summer he doesn't have a lot of chances left to win a cup, so he's going to lay it all on the line whenever he's like if if his team is still hitting the ice he's going to leave everything out there. Spetsa for captain, <laughs> Captain Jason. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Washington and the Islanders. What do you think here? See, this this series happened last year, did it not? Uh, yeah, it did. In the first no, round, no, no, it was Carolina, Washington, Islanders, Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, shit, you're right. It, I think it was the year before then. Yeah, and in that year, that was the first. That was the Capitals defending their cup, and then the Islanders beat them, right? No, last year was the. Well, last year was Washington defending their cup and losing to Carolina in the first round. And then the Islanders in their first year without John Tavares last year swept Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Which, fun fact, Pittsburgh has only won one of their last eight playoff games. Mm -hmm. Or one of their last ten, actually, because they lost uh, two in a row the year before as well. But anyway, um, this is an interesting one because you got – probably the best defensive team in the Islanders versus one of the best offensive teams in Washington. But Washington is no slouch in their own end either. Having guys like John Carlson and Alex Ovechkin is always tough to rule out. Ovechkin got his ninth Rocket Richard this year. So, like, any team with him you can't rule out. I think this one goes the distance to seven. And... Fuck. Who's Washington's goalie? Are they using Shesterkin? Uh You're thinking of the Rangers who have Shesterkin. Or, sorry, yeah. Are they using Samsonov? Uh, from the game from today, I saw that they had Holtby in. Oh, God. Why would you have Holtby in? He was under 900 during the season. Yeah, it could have just been to get him some games before the next round to try to figure out who they want to start. Get him some games uh, oh, I, I think uh, I think Samsonov was uh, was injured or something, or he, he was unfit to play at some point during this week. Yeah, hope he played today and actually only let in one goal on 31 shots, so yeah. good for him. But, but yeah, Samsonov is out with an undisclosed injury. Yeah. 
He's only played. He has not played yet at all. So yeah, who are you picking in seven games? Let me just check Hopi's stats here. Well, here then I'll, I'll go ahead with my pick. Then I'm picking the Islanders in six. Ooh. Nah, Washington in seven. Oh. Yeah, you think Washington? I'm saying Washington in seven. Okay. I I um. I think they're going. I think they're going to surprise some people, and I think they could break through the Islanders' defensive zone and their defensive structure. You think the Washington Capitals are going to surprise people by beating a team ranked lower than them? I guess that's a lot to ask for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, no, for me, it's just I, I, I don't think the the Panthers series was all that. Um, Intimidating. Cha- it, it was. It wasn't all that challenging for them. Um, this series against the Capitals is going to be a lot harder, but I, I, I've got more faith in the Islanders' defensive game than I do in the, the Capitals being able to break through. And yeah, like you said, with the way Holtby's played this season, who, who knows how that's going to change. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that the, uh, the Islanders, you know, they may lose the first game or something, but I think the Islanders are going to beat the Capitals. They, they've, They've just got the Barry Trotz advantage there. He he knows all of the Washington guys, and uh, I think he's got, he, he's got a really good idea of how to shut them down. Yeah, it all depends if if Washington gets Holt B or the Holt Beast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Boston, Carolina. Uh, Carolina and five. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm – Yeah. Uh, God, uh, they just look like a wagon, don't they? I am fully on the Hurricanes bandwagon as well. Uh, I picked them in six. I figured, you know, spot the Bruins a couple of wins, even though they they haven't gotten any yet. Um, But, yeah, just that defense. And if they get Dougie Hamilton back for this series, like, holy shit. Carolina has the best defense in the league. Yeah, it's it's just that that one forward line for Boston. If those guys start clicking, it's uh, that that could potentially give the Hurricanes an issue if they get hemmed in their own zone by that uh, Pasternak, um, Bergeron, Marchand line, those guys are just nearly unstoppable. Um, apparently not in the seeding round, though. But that I just think that the Bruins just didn't give a shit about those games. That's all. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, also, can we talk about how good Evgeny Sveshnikov is? Oh, yeah, he's nuts. Like, that guy is and, way too skilled that any 20-year-old deserves to be. And Sebastian Ajo. Well, like, yeah, well, Sebastian Ajo, Sebastian Ajo. Like, he, in those three games against the – oh, my God. Oh, my God. In those three games against the Rangers, Sebastian Ajo had eight points. Yeah, he's second in the qualifying round to McDavid. What the f- – I did not know that. Okay. How does Sveshnikov do? Sveshnikov in those three games got five points, including a hat trick in game two. No, Kara, man – doesn't matter how good how good or average your goalies are if you have the best defensive core in the league. Mm-hmm. When Jake Gartner is your fifth string defenseman, you have a pretty good top six right yeah. there. Like I've, we'll get to our uh, revised finalist picks in a minute here, but uh, yeah, that Carolina team is crazy good. Uh, the West, Vegas versus Chicago. What do you think here? Uh, Vegas and five. Uh, Vegas and six. Six. I'll say six. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Vegas in five. Just 
Mark Stone looks like he's playing at the peak of his powers here. Uh, Robin Lanner, I think he is, I think he's going to be starting this series. And I think that's the right choice. He's, he's probably one of the top 10 goalies in the league now, which is awesome to see because he, he was tracking to be that when he was younger and he just had all of his mental health issues that really, uh, weighed him down. Yeah. They, they really, they really got him to struggle for a few years there in his career. But now that he's got that stuff, uh, yeah, now, now, now that he's uh, got a better handle on those things, it's, it seems like he's performing crazy well on the ice. And that just helps Vegas because their, their forwards are they're just a juggernaut up front with all of their talent. And Chicago, their old slow defensemen aren't going to be able to stop wave after wave after wave of, their, of Vegas' skilled forwards. Um, and they didn't have to deal with that when they played Edmonton. Chicago had had better forward depth than the Oilers did. Well, yeah, let's let's not get anything twisted here. The Chicago Blackhawks did not shut down the Oilers. No. Chicago Blackhawks just had more players than the Oilers did to shut down. And the Blackhawks and the Oilers were the two worst defensive teams in the qualifying round. Yes. Yeah, and they played against each other and lit each other up every game. And now... Chicago has to go against a team that is significantly better than they are defensively. And uh, that's, it's just not going to be close. I don't think I I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be um, surprised to see some blowout games in this one. And let's not kid ourselves. The tandem of flurry and Leonard is leagues ahead of Koskinen and Smith. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Mike Smith is uh, he he's been done for a while. It's the Cam Ward effect. You have one good playoff run, and everyone thinks that you can do it every year. Yeah. Uh, Colorado, Arizona? (laughs) This one I actually am am struggling with. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, why is it you're struggling with how many games Colorado is going to win it in? I'm struggling with how big of a factor Darcy Kemper is going to be. All right, I'll say it. Colorado in four. I don't think Arizona wins a game. I don't – I don't think like I think the closest margin of victory is one goal, um, and I think that happens like once. I think the rest of the games it's like four two, three nothing, five one. Um, I I don't think Arizona stands a chance here. I think I'm going to say Colorado five. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Darcy Kemper. Just the way he's playing, you, you got to get at least one win in there. Because if they're allowing 40-plus shots against Nashville, then you're right. Colorado over-under is at, starts at 55. <laughs> like, I, like Darcy Kemper is going to have one game. The game they win is the oh, game yeah. Darcy Kemper gets a 65-save shutout. Yeah, he, he's going to set a playoff record for uh, saves in a shutout victory. <laughs> yeah, and it will just be a one nothing game. Yeah quadruple overtime and Arizona gets 16 shots in seven periods of hockey and Colorado fires 85 shots on Darcy Kemper and he somehow saves all of them. Yeah. Just again, tied to the post like Milhouse and the Simpsons. Yeah. Arizona wins it by like a, yeah, a Colorado defenseman kicking it into his own net or something. Yeah. Um, so these last two series are kind of still up in the air because of this, uh, 
game that's happening right now, but uh, St. Louis or Dallas versus Calgary. Here, I'm just going to check the score of that game and I'm just going to base it on who's winning right now. So um, St. Louis is winning at the end of the first. So let's just say St. Louis wins the game. Obviously there's a lot of time for that to change, but for the sake of argument, I'm going to say that that is St. Louis and Calgary. If it's St. Louis and Calgary, then St. Louis wins that game, wins that series in six. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be the same. And I, yeah, I don't think Dallas is beating St. Louis today. Dallas hasn't looked great um, in the uh, the seeding round games, from my understanding, and they also like aren't Dallas, great. <laughs> Dallas hasn't won a game since February. Like I I know that, that that's yeah. Dallas Dallas didn't win any games in March. They were on a losing streak. Um, oh my god! Yeah. So. Oh uh, my god! What? Yeah. I did not know that. I may yeah. have to revise my Stanley, my sleeper picks for the cup finals then. Damn. I know. I found that out this week. I didn't realize that. But, uh, yeah, I'm also picking St. Louis in uh, six here. Um, I, I don't – I don't know. I, I've got a bit more faith in Calgary after they, uh, they beat Winnipeg, even though Winnipeg was uh, injured. I think Calgary's got um, some of the kinds of players that can match up against the physicality of a – St. Louis Blues series, and I think they'll they'll be able to grind out a couple of wins, probably one of them in overtime. Uh, but ultimately, got to go with the defending Cup champs in this series. I'm with you. Okay, so then we'll say it's Dallas versus Vancouver. Then, eh? right? Who do you um, say here? Vancouver six. I I am actually really high on Vancouver. I think that they don't get enough credit that they deserve. I think Elias, Elias Peterson is one of the best under 20 or under uh, 25 talents in the entire league. And I think in the next two or three years, like he'll be compared to a more offensive Henrik Zetterberg. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to stop sleeping on Vancouver here and I'm going to take them in seven in this series. I, I, I'm losing faith in Dallas as a, you know, one of the top teams in the West. Um, yep. Just based off their performance against the other ones. And I, it, it looks like Vancouver's got a bit more of uh, offensive firepower. Again, though, all of this, like those top four teams, they may not have been putting in a full effort, but Vancouver sure as hell was against Minnesota. And it's a lot harder to uh, flip that competitive switch than it is to just keep your engine running. Yeah, into, and, into the next round. In Vancouver, having Pedersen firing all cinders, cylinders and Quinn Hughes being Quinn fucking Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, don't forget, Quinn Hughes is, like, you can compare him to Kale McCarr. Like, people people describe on how... Well, Quinn Hughes Kale- probably is, it, like, this season anyways, Quinn Hughes may have been the better player of the two of them. Well, it depends. Kale McCarr only got three less points in ten less games. He also had a lot more offensive, like high, high end offensive help to get those points. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about elite talents, like I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from Kale McCarr because he's friggin' unreal. Um, it, it's just kind of that extra thing you've got to consider that it, it Nathan McKinnon it, is a thing. Yeah, it probably gets him a, a like a handful of extra points in a season that he gets to make breakout passes to Nathan friggin' McKinnon. Um who 
is incredible and Elias Pedersen is also incredible but like Pedersen yeah, isn't the second best player in the league like we think uh, McKinnon no. is I, I, I do think Pedersen could win multiple Selkie trophies in his career, though. Like, his defensive game is very underrated. And it's, it's good. Like, he's, not a, he's obviously not a physical presence out there, but his body positioning, well, the yeah, way he like, uses geez, his stick. friggin' like 100 pounds soaking wet, that kid. He looks like a broomstick. I know, but again, <laughs> just watch him. I don't know like, how he fires own- those slap shots like he does. Like, holy shit. Like, his flex has got to be something stupid, right? Because the way that that stick bends on his shots it's like okay you, you got to be using like a wet spaghetti or something right because yeah. how are you making a stick bend like that yeah um so yeah th- those are our uh our playoff predictions here and we've made our own playoff bracket league on nhl.com i'm going to put the link to that league in the show notes so uh to anybody listening just uh check the uh notes on your uh, whatever app your or app or website or whatever that you're listening to the show on, uh, click that link and you can play along with us. You can, uh, you know, if you score, if you get a better score than us on your bracket, then uh, you have permission to call us idiots in the comments on our uh, social media. Uh, for everybody <laughs> else, you do not have our permission to call us idiots. Only we can do that. Uh, so until further notice, we are still big brain geniuses. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes come the end of the playoffs and how we do on our brackets here. Um, so with, uh, you know, what, what was it? Uh, 75% of the teams that we picked to win losing. Uh, do you want to revise any of your cup finals and cup winners choices? Yes. Yeah. Um, my actual prediction I'm going to keep Philly as the Eastern team. I think it's again. I think that conference final is going to be Philly and Carolina, and I think this is going to be a damn good series. But I'm saying Philly, and then from the West, I'm I'm I think I'm going to say Vegas. Like Mark Stone being Mark Stone, like you could have argued Vegas should have made the finals last year, and then they got absolutely like screwed out of it because of that uh the hand pass right the same oh, yeah. hand pass like that goal should not have counted vegas should have won that game and that would have won them series if i remember correctly so yeah i'm gonna say vegas and philly as my official cup final and my backup i don't think toronto makes it okay uh i'm going to say from the west i definitely don't think it's gonna be dallas from the west i'm going to say that's where I'll say St. Louis. And I'll do St. Louis versus Carolina. I think it's going to be Philly or Carolina coming out of that, the East this year. Yeah, so for my uh, revised finals pick, uh, originally I had Colorado and Tampa. Uh, I'm going to keep Colorado there, and I'm going to say it's Colorado-Carolina. Like, I am so high. They, on, I'm so high on the Hurricanes. Um, they are so good. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be a Colorado, uh, an avalanche hurricane, natural disaster, all natural disaster final. Um, and for my backup, I've got Vegas and Toronto. And you know what? I'm going to stick with it. Going to be the Leafs homer on this pod. Um, the, Someone's uh, got to be. Like I said, like I said earlier, that I think that game four against Columbus was the turning point for the team. Um, it's 
filled me with hope, which uh, simultaneously fills me with regret or not regret, and, anxiety. There you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm up to my eyes with hope. And then the rest of me is filled with crippling anxiety. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's encouraging. That's, yeah. well, you know, that's that, something you want to hear. That's life as a Leafs fan, especially approaching September. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hey, just think of it like this. If you lose tonight, you might be able to get Lafreniere tomorrow. Oh yeah. Actually that is my bold pick. Um, my bold pick is that the winner of tonight's game beats Tampa in the first round and the loser wins the draft lottery. Ugh, no. Yeah. Now. There you go. You heard it here first, uh, folks. Does Columbus has their first round pick this year, right? Um, yes, because they didn't re-sign Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Ooh. Ottawa, yeah. O- Ottawa almost won the first, uh, <laughs> first overall and pick. I, imagine if Columbus re-signed Columbus. Like, if... If, oh, if, re- if, if, uh, if Columbus re-signed Matt Duchesne, they wouldn't even have uh, made the qualifying round. Yeah, and Matt Can- Duchesne is a curse upon your team when it comes to what the players. hell is with that. <laughs> he he's the uh, oh well, I was going to say he's the anti Taylor Hall, but uh, it's not Taylor correct. Hall. <laughs> yeah, but hey, Taylor Hall made the playoffs this year. He did, but he's also like what is it five for five on. Uh, draft lottery wins <laughs> something stupid something like that. stupid like that yeah um, and um uh shit what who duchene sorry man i'm tired it's a really gray gloomy day and it's just it's making me exhausted yeah um matt duchene i feel so bad for that guy because apparently he's actually a really good guy sure yeah apparently all hockey players are somehow yeah, when they're not beating up cabbies or doing coke after winning the cup or something like that. Uh, you know what? Doing drugs doesn't necessarily make you a bad person, but <laughs> that's fair. I, yeah, that's fair. Beating up people in the re- in the like regular world sure does. Yeah, <laughs> just look at Slavoj Voinov. The reason why oh, he's yeah, not fuck. in this league anymore. Yeah, that's a whole different discussion. Um, no. But but yeah, um, any uh, any picks for the uh, draft lottery winner tomorrow? Uh, you, uh, look- you you've got a one in eight shot of guessing right, so. Uh, Pick wisely here. Uh, one, oh yeah, one and eight. One and eight. Um, I'm just looking at the teams that got kicked out right now. Okay, if it's Edmonton or Pittsburgh, I'm gonna lose my shit. Yeah, shit needs to. Well, if it's Edmonton, things need to burn down. If it's Pittsburgh, like they haven't had a top ten pick or something since Crosby was drafted. So. Yeah, but if every if every top ten pick your franchise gets is a franchise altering player, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, the Rangers would be interesting. Imagine a top line of uh, Lafreniere, Zabanajad, and Kako, and then your second line is Panarin. Who else is on that second line? You think Panarin would be on the second line? Yeah, just like Mitch Marner's on the second line, and John Tavares is on the second line. Yeah, maybe. Or even, fine, Panarin, Zabanajad, Kako, and then Lafreniere and... Whoever the hell else that the Rangers have on forward. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, uh, I'm glad the Islanders aren't in it because it means we get their first round pick this year. And I'd much rather have a late teen, early 20 pick this year than uh, a late teen, early 20 pick next year. This draft is so fucking good. Um, I kind of hope Nashville gets it. I, I was just thinking Nashville wouldn't be too bad because um, they're one of the few Western teams that. Uh, 
like I could stay up and watch their games. <laughs> so, you so like I, I'd be intrigued to see Lafreniere early in the season. And um, if he, if he's going to go out West, I prefer him to be in like the central time zone. So it's uh, not like 1030 starts whenever he plays. Another thing I'm looking at, it would be fitting if Winnipeg won it because their spot was the one that won the original lottery, that 12th spot. Oh yeah. But does Winnipeg need another fucking star forward? We just went through how many great guys they have. They're a team that I could see trading that pick to someone else to maybe address their defensive woes. Yeah, nobody trades first overall picks. I know. Yeah, so like it, it, it's a fun um, mental exercise to play, but it also just never happens. Um, yeah. And u- ultimately, I think the correct answer in this has to be Minnesota. Because, like, is there a who gives a shit team <laughs> in this league that is more who gives a shit than the Minnesota Wild? And if, like, they, the, last, the last superstar they had was Marion Gaverick, and he wasn't even a superstar yet. Until, like, he wasn't a superstar until he got to uh, New York, really. Because even when he was with the Wild, like, who gives he, it? <laughs> he was really good with the Wild, though. He was really he was, good. Like in, I remember playing NHL 2002 all the time, and I'd create myself, and I started off by uh, like basically cloning Marion Gaborik because he yep. was super fast. He was really, really exciting. And then, uh, yeah, he kept getting derailed by injuries mm-hmm. early in his career, and you know now he's an Ottawa Senator. So, oh my God. <laughs> but, also, but yeah like uh, ultimately I, I think i think the team that needs that kind of player the most out of the eliminated teams that can win that top overall pick uh, i think minnesota is the one um i wouldn't be upset if he goes to nashville because i don't think they're going to do a whole lot with a superstar like that um you know you, you just got to keep them out of edmonton Despite how exciting it would be to see a McDavid Lafreniere or a Dreisaitl Lafreniere or all three of them on the same line, mm. um, you know Edmonton has gotten enough kicks at that can and they've fucked it up every time except one. So yeah, yeah, you know what, you, Edmonton, you don't get a turn at that game anymore. No, I agree with that. Minnesota would be interesting because a uh, top wing. I, I don't want to say pairing, but I guess a top wing line of uh, Lafreniere and Kirill Kaprizov, Ka- Ka- sure. whatever the hell, Russian guy who's apparently the next Artemi Panarin. Um, having those two together could be really interesting, and it could finally put Minnesota into relevancy that they've been excluded from since they've been in the league, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I would agree. If Min- Minnesota deserves it, and I will not be upset at all if they're the ones to get it. Yeah, if Minnesota wins, like I, I will be happy for them, and I won't be upset for myself. Uh, if a bunch of the other teams win, I will be neither happy for them nor myself. Uh, unless, of course, that, that team is the Leafs, which, you know, that'll be, that would be an all right consolation prize for losing to Columbus in the uh, playoff qualifiers. Mm. Um, all right, so we're wrapping up that section of the podcast that we agreed before recording would last like 15 minutes, and it's been an hour. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds like us. Yeah, that sounds like us. Um, all right, so we want to preview uh, tonight's or Sunday night's Leafs Columbus game five, the final game, the only series in the qualifying round that goes the distance. 
Um, what, like we both predicted. Like we both predicted. Sure. I I don't remember saying how many games it was going to take, but yeah, let's say we both said five. <laughs> we got to make ourselves look smart here. Yeah. No one else will. Um, so yeah, first off, I think we touched on it a bit earlier, but what are your thoughts on that game four comeback? Again, I was the only one who thought it could happen. Yeah. Well, you like, were the you were the only like hockey fan that wasn't a Leafs fan in that room. So <laughs> uh, that's true. But I I've always I've always felt playoffs are different than seasons. You've got to be able to elevate your game when you get to the playoffs. If you don't make that switch, you are not going to be able to perform, and you're not going to be able to win a cup. You need to have you need to be a good player in the season, and then. Pardon me. No matter what level you're at, you got to elevate it for the playoffs. And the Leafs showed, finally, that they can do that in a do-or-die situation. Yeah, and you said finally. And that's exactly why the rest of the people in that room told you to eat shit whenever you said that there was still time. <laughs> because we were like, Keegan, you know, a lifetime of being a Leafs fan has taught us that these guys, you know, the best case scenario is that they score two goals and then get an empty netter put on them. And that almost happened. Don't yeah, Mitch for, Marner with that sweet pad save. Well, it was the um, Pierre-Luc Dubois who fired it from the neutral zone and got it stuck in the uh, outside of the net. Side of the net. Yeah, I forgot about that. that it was 3-2 at that point. And if he puts it in, the game's over. But it wasn't. He missed, and the Leafs came back and won. And, yeah, it's, in, it's incredible. I was listening to the uh, Leaf report with uh, James Myrtle and uh, Jonas Siegel. And Jonas – or. Uh, I can't remember which one of them said it, but they both said like on it that uh, it was like divine intervention. That yeah, like the so many things went right for the Leafs in those last four minutes. It's nuts, and just as a Leafs fan, that almost never happens. the The last four minutes, like the the last half of the game that the Leafs are losing, it just seems like everything keeps going wrong. Another thing, another thing, another thing. And finally, finally, it turned the other way. And it was somebody else on the receiving end of a three-goal comeback. Um, it's, it, it's a great feeling, I've got to say. It, it's, it's nice to finally know how it feels to come back in the dying minutes of a game and win in overtime. Well, here's the thing. Everyone kept saying in the Leafs game, like whenever the Leafs were winning, no leads are safe, no leads are safe. Yeah. It's got to be able to – it's got to feel nice to be able to say – no lead is safe for you. Yes, exactly. Like the Leafs have the offensive weapons that we should have been able to be saying that for a few years now. And, you know, in the regular season, it did seem like that every so often they'd be down late in the game. And then they, uh, you know, typically what happened in the regular season, especially this year, I found was that they would be feeding Matthews every chance they get. They would cycle the puck around uh, to try to get Matthews lost in coverage and then he would just appear out of nowhere and fire a wicked wrist or top shelf and, you know, game tied or game over. And it was amazing. But they didn't do that this time. They didn't just keep feeding him over and over and over again. They spread it around. Um, all four goals were scored by different players. It was awesome. Um, and that wasn't something that you typically see from the Leafs, especially this past season they weren't spreading out those scoring chances or, or, or um, it, it wasn't like a team effort that was being put towards a comeback. It was like Matthews trying to put the team on his back to do it all himself. And 
it was great to see like as frustrating as it was in that last minute for that tying goal when <laughs> Will, William Nylander circles around back right in front of his own empty net. Like, and it's like, oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah, and it's just like, holy shit, did you not see what happened to Morgan Riley a few minutes ago? Get out of your own zone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he just casually comes up the ice and then the Leafs score not long after. Like it, from his zone entry to the Leafs goal, it was like 12 or 13 seconds. It was, it was great. But that was exactly what they needed. They needed somebody out there to just slow the pace down, get them into the offensive zone, let them get set up. And then from there, like the rest of the guys really showed up. It was a full team effort on that comeback. And it was awesome. That, that is what gives me hope that this is a turning point for them was that it wasn't just everybody trying to get Matthews a shot on net. It was everybody was doing something specific and they were getting the puck to the net. All of those goals were like scramble type plays um, except for the Matthews winner, really. Um, the Tavares goal in the slot, like there was still a lot of, a lot of traffic around. Um, but that, that Matthews goal was the only one where it was somebody who was in wide open space, putting a shot on net. All of the other ones were like tic-tac-toe little shovel plays into the net. And Matthews, buried it he was not he was not missing that he was not missing that and he was like i'm not giving the goalie an opportunity to like stick a glove out and save this either i'm putting this through the back of the net and the boards (laughs) man that again like we were talking about earlier the look on his face when he scored something's clicked it it was great too in the post-game interview i saw some uh some freeze frames from it and he's got like his uh his glove on his stick right in front of his mouth it looks like he's trying to hide his smile from how excited and happy he was afterwards, which is great to see. Like you, it, it would have been, it would have sucked to see him come out after that and just be like, Oh yeah, you know, it, it's great that we got the win out of this, but we got another game on Sunday. It's like, it's, it's nice that he knows like, okay, holy shit, this was unreal. I'm so happy we won, but like, I've, I've got to pretend like I'm not this happy because <laughs> fuck, we could have lost this easily. <laughs> yeah. Like they were, so many times they were just like inches away yeah um expectations for game five here what are what are you thinking that we what do you think the game looks like tonight one of two things is going to happen carolina's or carolina columbus is oh fuck it better not be carolina we're playing tonight shit yeah yeah then (laughs) then you yeah no yeah i want to uh revise some of my picks if we're playing carolina tonight (laughs) Uh, either Columbus is going to come out and say fuck you you shall not pass and shut it down or Toronto is going to say fuck you you can't stop us yeah um, one of those extremes is happening tonight here's my bold prediction is the both coaches like both teams have blown three nothing leads in back to like back to back games, three nothing leads have been blown by these two teams. Uh, that's not a coach's favorite thing to see happen. So I think we're going to see like a two nothing game or a two one game here. Here's what I think: it's either going to be a two one or two nothing Columbus win, or a five two Toronto win. Yeah. Oh man, I really hope for that five two win. But also, again, here's the Leaf part of the Leafs fan part of my brain is that. I don't want to have to sit through a third period where the Leafs are up four or five, two. <laughs> you don't, you don't want that three goal lead. No, because I'm going to be reverting to like my Friday morning self of like, holy shit. Like uh, 
Leafs have a two goal lead with a few minutes left in the game. We're going to blow this. We're going to blow this. We're going to blow this. I don't want to put that energy out there again. Or maybe I have to, and then the Leafs can just be like, hey, Jordan, fuck you. Like, we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to make you suffer for another two weeks here, and you, you have to watch actual playoff games against the top-ranked team. So, eat shit, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, my God. But, yeah. no, like, I, again, if Toronto – Toronto's got to have a bit of swagger tonight. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they've got to – they got their heads pretty high right now. Yeah, they've got to come into this game with some big dick energy here and just start <laughs> swinging it around. Although, <laughs> knock all the, th- the shit off the table and just be like, yeah, whatever. Here's the thing that may screw you guys: the goalie that you got that uh, four goals straight on isn't playing tonight. Corpusalo starting, not Merz Linkas. Yeah, but he also got pulled in the last game that we played against, uh, that or that he played in. Yeah, and you guys lost. We did after he got pulled. True. So he's pissed. <laughs> you're going to play. You're playing a good, pissed off, determined goalie. Yeah. How many we've scored? Five goals against him, and, and four, four against, goals against Merce Lickens. In uh, a total of what? Three, four, four games. Four games. Nine goals in four games. That's not good for one of the best offensive teams in the league. Well, playing against one of the better defensive teams in the league, it's all right. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I. Oh, I just realized that all of these games have been one goal games. What? What are you talking about? Oh no, 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 no! no. Sorry, the first one <laughs> the was two nothing, and the second one was three nothing. Was it? Yeah, the Leafs won the second game three nothing. Oh, I didn't. I completely forgot about the yeah. second game. Then, all right, never mind. Just <laughs> disregard everything I say. Um. So yeah, who ultimately? Who do you think wins tonight? What what are you putting your money down on? What are you putting that fi- that uh, fresh five thousand dollars on? <laughs> the, oh, oh, uh, I'm like I words cannot describe how unsure I am. Like I am positive that if the Leafs win, it will be a, like again, like I said, like a five two game where the fifth goal was an empty netter. And if Columbus is going to win, it's going to be 2 nothing or 2-1, one, one of those goals being an empty netter as well. Um, I, I want Toronto to win because I don't want them to have Lafreniere. And, yeah, we already know. Like I, I foretold, if the loser of this game tonight is going to win the draft lottery tomorrow. So, yeah, if you pick Columbus to win, then the Leafs win the draft lottery. So you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, I'd rather the Columbus Blue Jackets win the draft lottery, so I'm going to say Toronto wins tonight. I am also saying Toronto wins tonight. Are you feeling good about this game? Do you feel uh, confident about this game? It's hard to say because I just now realized that I've had three coffees today and in three and a half <laughs> hours the Leafs play. So, uh, yeah. You're like, going to have four or five? Holy shit. Yeah, it's giving me some uh, pre-anxiety anxiety. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. Man, this game. Are you're staying at your place for this game, eh? Yeah. Okay. No, I think for this one, I'm going to just. I don't know if I want to be calm or hyped up for it. Oh, like yeah, I'm going to need to find something to level myself out a little bit tonight because if, if I'm going to be going into this with like the caffeine and adrenaline of three coffees in me, then uh, it's it's not going to be a fun time for my heart, especially after playing a, an eight o'clock pickup three on three game this morning too. Like, Holy smokes. 
I mean, workout wake, for the week. Yeah, I may not wake up tomorrow. <laughs> One thing I'm going to say is this. Whoever's winning with five minutes left in the third is going to win this game. Yeah, I, we're definitely going to see a lot better of a, of a lockdown defensive play if a team is defending a lead in the final minutes here. I don't think, especially if Toronto has the lead, I don't think we're going to see them like go into full defensive mode and just try to shut Turtle. the... Yeah, they're not going to just uh, protect the net in the defensive zone type thing. We're going to see them skate the puck up the ice and just leave a few guys back to defend. Yeah. Um, Send Hyman behind the net to just hold the puck there. Yeah, just pin it against the boards and... Yeah. Whew. All right. That was a long one. Like, we've been on for like an hour 20. Yeah. Oh, and actually, that's about par for the course for us, eh? Um, I guess, so, but that was that was without doing one of our segments as well. That's right, yeah. So for everybody that's uh, on pins and needles here, we're going to be skipping the double agent game this week because we, uh, we had a lot to discuss. Uh, hopefully it returns next week, just like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, <laughs> and like we've said a few times, um, should you know, my world come crashing down and the Leafs lose tonight. Uh, starting Monday morning at, uh, you know, 7 a.m., this will be officially a Carolina Hurricanes podcast. So, uh, you know, pin that up. Uh, Get ready to hop on that band bandwagon right with us. That's right. Um, so to the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account, I know you're listening. Uh, get ready. Yeah. You got two, you got two, uh, two Canadian boys here who are going to be wishing you a lot of luck. Yeah. Again, if things uh, don't break our way tonight. True. I mean, I may just start cheering for them anyway. Like, Sens aren't in it. So. Yeah, you, your allegiances are, like, totally freed up here. So you, you can like cheer a, for whoever the I hell want, you want. I want to see Ryan Dezingle get that cup. He deserves yeah. it. So, I, actually, yeah. Like, should the Leafs, again, the, I don't even want to put it out there, but should they be eliminated tonight, we're going to have to pick two new teams that we're going to be uh, following throughout the playoffs. I figured we should pick an Eastern Conference and a Western. Seems like we've got our Eastern team uh, hammered down. Who do you want to uh, cheer for in the West? Uh, my, I'm going to throw the hat in the ring for either Colorado, Vegas, or Vancouver. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I'll veto Vancouver right away. Uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll say... Oof, I really wanted to say uh, Colorado, but... I only threw Vegas in there because of Stone. Yeah. All right. Let's go uh, Colorado then. We're going to be – if the Leafs are eliminated, this will officially be an Avalanche and Hurricane podcast. So, the Natural uh, Disaster podcast. Yeah, the Natural Disaster podcast. Yeah, there we go. And <laughs> then, we're, we're oh, we get to bring up a whole new edition of the Double Agent game, and uh, it, it'll be a struggle for both of us that way. We, we could take turns even, and I bet neither of us will ever guess a player correctly. Speaking of the double agent game, for Ottawa and Toronto, please tell me you don't have Robin Leonard as one of those guys. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Eh? Uh, no, I do not have Robin Leonard as one of those guys. Okay, good. Because he was a leaf in paperwork, and that was it. Yeah. No. And I, I was thinking about that with the Tom Barrasso one a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, wait, Robin Leonard was technically a leaf. You better not be fucking me around here. Oh, that's funny. No, no. The, yeah, the way that Hockey Reference does it is that they have to have played a game, so. Okay, good. Yeah, you're safe. There's no, uh, there's no trick ones in there except for the guys neither of us have ever heard of before. And those aren't trick ones. They're just 
bad hockey players apparently who are yeah. still better than any player we've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All so right. Uh, I think we're losing. I think we're losing it here. We should probably call it a. Eh? Yeah, I think so. So uh, make sure you're following the pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we are at Little Hockey Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at the letter J small one seven seven one. And you can follow Keegan on Twitter at LIL underscore little 28. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever your favorite podcast app is. We're on pretty much all of them soon to be on Amazon, Alexa, whatever. Um, we've, uh, <laughs> whatever that yeah, service is called. Yeah. Whenever that starts up, we should be on there at launch. So that's exciting. Um, if you're able to on your app, uh, rate and review the show. Um, we'll read your five-star reviews on the, uh, the episodes and make sure you're following, unfollowing, and refollowing whenever you can because that helps us climb up in the algorithms and it'll help other people find the show as well. So uh, make sure you're rate, rating and reviewing the show as well as following, unfollowing, and refollowing. And you got anything else, Geeks? Um, mm, oh, what's about... Yeah, well, one more thing. Uh, like I said earlier, make sure um, you, if you're making a playoff bracket, make sure you're doing one in our league. You can yes. find the link to that in the show notes. And also, if yeah, if you beat our scores, you can, uh, you've got our permission to call us idiots in our uh, whatever comments, wherever you want. So, yeah, that, I think that's a pretty good prize, eh? That speaks for itself there. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. All right, so uh, until next weekend, uh, I'm Jordan, and that's my brother Keegan. What's up, y'all? Yeah, we'll catch you later.